This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Scotty. I got one. Mm. Here it is. Okay. How the landlocked state of Nebraska got its own navy. How the landlocked state of Nebraska got its own navy. All right, let's buckle up for a very corny episode <laughs> of bananas. <laughs> Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. That is Scotty Landis. And that is the one and only Kurt Birdie B, Kurt Brownoller. And we're doing a very, very special episode today because Kurt and I were talking, you know, off air. And we have been bombarded with so many great stories from the beloved Bananimals. We thought we would do a yard sale episode where we burn through a lot of stories we just don't want things to get lost in the mix, so we're going to do a lot of stories in this epi, and I hope you enjoy it. These stories, for me at least, have been sitting, the way I break it all down is I have just tabs yeah. of stories, and oh, they have God. just been sitting as tabs for so long that I just keep never getting to them during yes. episodes. Yes. And man, let's just get into it and bang through some stories that you guys sent. Let's do it. Also, if, if, you're, if you're new to the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. send us your strange news that you find. Go to mm-hmm. uh, The Bananas Podcast on Instagram and uh, DM us your strange news. You can also email it uh, at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. A little less, uh, less often checked, but we're on Instagram every single day. That's uh, correct. So come on, send it out. Oh, I have something to say. Scotty. I like when you say stuff. All right. June 3rd and 4th, a late added date. I'm doing stand up at the Den in Chicago. Great Back venue. at the Den. Great venue. I love that venue so much. Me too. And I was like, it's a late ad. It's not much time to tell people about it, but I love going there. So come on out, Chicago. Get out there. Support Curdy B. And laugh and laugh and laugh. And the Den is an awesome, awesome venue. We love it. We'll probably be back there for bananas maybe early next year. Who knows? I would love to. Here it is. How the landlocked state of Nebraska got its own Navy. This was sent in by, of course, Copy Haste. Thank you, Copy Haste. Uh, This is in the Military Times. Uh, Mm. Reading the Military Times every single day. I say, what time is it? It's military times. <laughs> Sarah is by Sarah Sickard or Sicard. Ooh, uh, who she is, or they are very, very, very the best in the business. 
1930, Nebraska Governor Charles Bryan decided to take a little vacation, and while he Two was names. gone, he left Governor T.W. Metcalf in charge of the state. Mm-hmm. The power mm-hmm. went straight to his head, and thus the great navy of the state of Nebraska was founded as a way for Metcalf to appoint his friends as admirals. Okay. He did this even though you might notice the simple act of glancing at a map. Nebraska has absolutely no ocean access. In fact, Not it is all. the only state in the entire country that is triply landlocked. Triply landlocked must mean what that there's that mean? three states in between it and ocean, possibly. Oh, whoa. No, probably not ocean, but or but water, maybe body of water, sure, like Michigan or something. Right? Maybe it's I way no far idea. from the ocean. It's way far, is the point. Despite the lack of necessity for standing maritime security forces, the great navy of the state of Nebraska continues on to this day, <laughs> and it has become tradition for admiral ships to be bestowed upon notable Nebraskans. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, those who have the title of admiral in the Nebraska Navy conferred upon them have absolutely no military authority whatsoever. Tells purely symbolic, similar to the Kentucky colonels and the Rhode Island Commodores. What? Who are these? Yeah, what? I didn't they know. sound like basketball teams that the harlem globetrotters play i well yeah yeah and i can imagine the current the kentucky colonels are like a big colonel like it's one man it's just the colonel's head that's his entire outfit and it goes down to the ground and he just runs around uh an application for any corn husker seeking this the most highfalutin of titles is available on the nebraska gubernatorial website oh i'm there every day I love that website. So fun. <laughs> I'm always so like, fun. you know what my favorite websites are? Gubernatorial websites. <laughs> Admirals in the great Navy of the state of Nebraska are individuals who have contributed in some way to the state of blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Is it anybody? Oh, here's some of its most esteemed members include Bill Murray, Bing Crosby, Bill Gates. Only people with the with name B B's. names. Yeah, B <laughs> names. Artists. And former Gambian dictator Yaya Jameh. No way they got Yaya Jameh. Who seemingly slipped through the vetting process? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It is believed their record keeping for Great Navy State of Nebraska has been inconsistent through its history. The 28-year-old... Understandable. Cody Ewing is the youngest Nebraska to hold this admiralty. Good for you, Cody. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. And that's the blah, 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 blah. But that's funny. And doesn't Nebraska have the state motto, it's not for everyone? I'm pretty sure that's an (laughs) official motto. I think it's like when you drive in on 70, I think that the billboard says, welcome to Nebraska, it's not for everyone. Yeah, uh, it is. Honestly, it's not for everyone. It's uh, it's for, it's on (laughs) visit. Honestly, it's not for everyone. That is so good. (laughs) And it's not. And it's not like their tagline. It's like an ad campaign that they that they have right now. Um, oh. But also, like that is, I love I love the idea that like you give someone your job for like a couple weeks while you go on vacation, and they create another arm of the military. <laughs> yeah, why not? I also, like that kind of stuff. Nineteen thirty, so it is during prohibition. So possibly people are just drinking at all times. Yes. Um, did you know that my uh, did I ever talk about this that my great grandmother ran a speakeasy no. in Pennsylvania in nineteen thirty? I don't think you did. No, I have an invitation. I want to get it framed. Um, it was called the Black Cat. It was in great name. It was in a town. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like Buttersworth, Pennsylvania. It was in the middle of the woods. Okay, middle of nowhere. I looked it mm-hmm. up uh, uh, online once, and it's literally still the woods. Yes. Uh, 
and it was called The Black Cat, and it was an invitation from 1930 oh my God. Uh, that I still have. I, I want to frame it. It's a picture of the place in the woods, a cabin in the woods, and it just says, The Black Cat, a good place to prowl. Yeah. 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 That's really good, and it's crazy. You know, a lot of things happening in the world that most rational and tolerant people cannot understand, and then you go, oh, you know what? Also, 100 years ago, they banned drinking alcohol in America. <laughs> Like, anything's possible with certain people in this country where, God. But it was like, oh, and then they didn't. And then suddenly it was over. And yeah. then now now every commercial on TV is for beer or seltzer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now it's really seltzer. Hard seltzers, baby. I mean, I went to... We haven't done a East Banana Land update in a very long time. But oh, on yeah. our after you and I did our show at Moon Tower and had so much fun in Austin, Texas, goofing and having fun... I road tripped back and I stopped in a town where I was hunting for land and wooded property and it's a beautiful mountain town called Cloudcroft, New Mexico. And the reason I bring Great it up name. is yeah, Cloudcroft it's the southernmost ski resort in North America, ski mountain, uh, Love it. ski Cloudcroft. Beautiful town, super cool little place. Oh, I loved it, but I stayed at the lodge there and the lodge is probably the main tourist thing, very very old lodge. The reason it came to mind is, well, two reasons. One, I stayed there because it's haunted, and oh. I did not see a ghost. And damn I tried so damn hard. It, damn I looked, it. I looked in every direction at all times. You woke up straight up and looked in your eyes and go, come at me. Yeah, exactly. I put on an old man mask and looked in the mirror in the middle of the night. No, I There's a ghost named Rebecca who was um, uh, killed by a vengeful lover who haunts the hotel and in the lobby the bar in the lodge is called Rebecca's uh-huh. and in the lobby there's a painting of like a semi like a translucent woman of a pretty red-headed woman from the 1920s but the reason I bring this up and it reminded me is they had Al Capone had a speakeasy in the lodge whoa isn't that crazy? In New Mexico? In Cloudcroft, New Mexico, there was a speakeasy, and it was owned by Al Capone during Prohibition, which I found fascinating. So, yeah, I'm looking. Uh, we're real close now. East Banana Land's going to become a reality, and I think while we set up whatever it's going to be, stay at the lodge. You, I can see you and I drinking at Rebecca's many nights. I'm, I am ready to do that. I'm so Dude, excited if you get land It's at 8,600 feet altitude. It's Dude, really that's high intense. and beautiful. That's Great. intense. Give right, me you some. Want a story? Here we go. This was from the Regal and Debonair Baby Got Mac. Good, last, or good handle, Baby Got okay. Mac. Yeah. Uh, this was in many different things, but the best, uh, headline was from Bro Bible. You guys know we're not bros, but boy, do they write a title written by Cass, best in the business, Anderson. Great job, Cass. Soccer player fired after, after ripping heinous farts in the locker room and fans can't stop laughing about it. So, okay. (laughs) We don't do a lot of. Fired. Yes. We don't do a lot of sports stories on bananas, but boy, this one is bananas. In terms of memorable ways to get fired, I'm having trouble thinking of another professional athlete who has ever been fired for anything like this. It has been revealed that Brazilian soccer star Marcelo was fired from Olympic Lyonnaise, uh, which is more commonly known as Lyon, uh, for ripping heinous farts in the locker room and then laughing about it. (laughs) What? This is like a premier soccer player. Like This guy gets paid... 
tons of money to do this. Are you Prior kidding? to being demoted to the second team, Marcelo had appeared in 11 games for Lyon in League uh, One and scored three goals in his limited appearance. That's pretty good, actually. In the wake of his explosive fart scandal, it is being reported that Lyon's sporting director, which I think is Juninho or Juninho, uh, who's a fellow Brazilian, just didn't like Marcelo and used the farts as an opportunity to oust him from the team. What? <laughs> yeah, he just didn't like this guy. <laughs> oh, Cass is really good. In the gist of Marcelo's juicy fart scandal is this. He was ripping stanky toots in the locker room and giggling about it with his teammates and his team's leadership used that as leverage to approach him and remind him that his performances and games had been trashy lately as trashy as his rectal emissions. Look at that. Cass is going for it. Cass is going full. He's, he's l- using that thesaurus, folks. He or she, yeah. Now the entire oh, yeah. world is laughing about Marcelo getting fired for farting. There have been thousands and thousands of tweets about it. What a story. If you don't love sports producing stories like Brazil's Marcelo getting fired for farting, then I'm left with no choice but to assume you and I have nothing in common because this is one of the funniest pro sports stories in years. Yeah. I guess it is. I mean, is it? Th- so will they just demote him to the secondary team and then like b- like bring him back once he like learns his lesson, do you think? Or is it I like- think so. But if the owners hate him, they'll probably trade him. But it is crazy. Whenever somebody uses a small thing as like leverage to get out of something, yeah. it's always like if you get fired, some mm-hmm. relationships break up that way where you're just like, well, I'm going to end this. There's a... There's a ticking clock on this one, and they do like one small thing, and you're like, "Yep, that's it. That's the straw right there." <laughs> I always, I also really like it when it's like a comedian or like an actor on like a very popular show, and then they're they like then they release a statement saying like, "I decided to quit the show," and you're like, "Really? Did you? This incredibly <laughs> popular show that pays you millions of dollars, you decided to walk away for?" Mm. No reason? Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. that's not what happened, but okay. I, I love it. I love I love that they let you say that. Yeah. And also, it is funny. I do think a lot of professional athletes are, like, emotionally stunted. I think that they are, like, very, like boys at heart or whatever, and I think that Marcelo proves this to be true. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. There was this one kid I played soccer with, and he... Um, he was he would just listen to CDs uh, on his headphones the entire time uh, when the coach would be talking and they'd be like take your headphones out I won't name his name but he uh, he sort of famously had like big ears that stuck out and he would like he would p- always position himself intentionally with the headphones so the sun was to the back of it like from the back <laughs> of his head silhouetted and you could like see through uh-huh. and we everybody was always like when are you gonna get like your ears pinned back he did and they look beautiful he but got for a while ears pinned yeah back. yeah what, sometimes what? if your ears stick out there's a very simple procedure that you can that best have them I, they don't pin them back they just do uh-huh. a little procedure where they kind of cut and reattach them and then it doesn't happen anymore wow before that happened we would always be like dude you got to stop standing in front of in, in front of the uh, the window man you got to stop standing in front of the window like it, you're distracting us we're all looking at you cuz it's glowing and we he oh, he was the best guy but he would uh he would clear us out he would put his headphones in he'd stand so his ears were glowing and then he would just rip the most 
terrifying farts, but it was like, dude, just because you can't hear them doesn't mean that we can't hear them or smell them or deal with them. You know, you don't want to do that kind of thing. Uh, I had no idea you could get your ears fixed. That's so crazy. Sure. That's the, that's the thing I learned. Younger and younger, you can do it. Good for them. Do whatever you want to do to yourself. <laughs> As long as it's you who it's wants you. to do it. You make the decision. Do whatever you want to do to yourself. Your body, your choice. Your body, That's your choice. Right. Here it is. Some, some fish cause Earth's oceans to move during sex. Really? Yes. I bet they're big fish. Boom. You would be incorrect, Scotty. Oh, just lots of fish. Yeah, it's anchovies in particular. Mm, uh, get this the is, Caesar salad. I found them, <laughs> I found this in canoe.com, my favorite place to read news stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this was written by... <laughs> oh, yeah. Canoe.com, baby. I Where are their it, commercials during the Super Bowl? <laughs> I think this is written by... It just says post-media news. Okay. Uh, all right, whatever. Mediumist in the biz. Yeah. Anchovies in particular cause such a stir during their spawning season that they get the Earth's oceans moving, helping to circulate nutrients and oxygen. That's like the tagline. Mm-hmm. And here it is from post-media news. When some okay. fish get busy, they can make the ocean move, according to a study. I feel like it's not the, it's not the, it's not the size of your canoe, it's the motion of the ocean, should be in this article right Yeah, they the missed it. Especially. Right. Uh, in can- in canoe.com. Yeah. It's the way you paddle it. Anchovies in particular cause such a stir during their spawning season that they get the ocean's Earth's, Earth's ocean moving, helping to circulate nutrients and oxygen. The study, done by University of Southampton researchers, found that waters in coastal regions are mixed during anchovy spawning, and it helps to keep mm. the ocean ecosystems running and sustaining life. Hmm. That's right. Fish boning help the ocean sustain life. Life. Mm. The mixing of the oceans is crucial to ensure heat, oxygen, nutrients, and pollutants are moved between different layers, according to the Daily Mail. Mm. Oh, now we're depending upon the Daily Mail. The study team monitored water turbulence in Ria de Pontevedra, a bay in the northwest coast of the Iberian Peninsula, for 15 days. Using an instrument called a microstructure profiler, the team was able to monitor tiny variations in current speed and temperature. Their analysis revealed that despite the weather staying calm throughout the 15 days, turbulence within the water increased every night as fish gathered in the bay. Samples collected with fishing nets revealed huge numbers of recently spawned eggs of European anchovies. What a job. That suggested the frantic behavior of the anchovies during spawning was responsible for the increased water turbulence. I see. And then the article just ends very abruptly. (laughs) No fun line to go out on. No no conclusion whatsoever. That's how post-media news does it. It's just over. Oh, well, yeah, they could have had a little. They should have a sign-off if you're canoe.com. Yeah. Like, keep paddling, folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, happy paddling or something. Yeah, like, yeah that's pretty good. I want to, let's see if canoe.com, here's, let, let, you, let's take a, a, a bet right now. Do okay. you think canoe.com is a fish or fishing-based magazine? I would guess it's, a, I would say no then. I, I bet $1 it's not. Okay, here it is. Canoe.com is. I just clicked on it. What are our what are our articles? I hope they're all about fish sex. These a weird group of webmaster perverts. 
It is not anything. It's is it, it even just, about canoeing? It's not about canoeing. Oh boy. Maybe it's Canadian. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's definitely Canadian because there's definitely people here who I don't even know who they are. Yes. Um, and then it's it it, it yeah it just seems like kind of trash. It's just trashy news. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just trashy news. There it is. Well, well that answered it for us. I stayed. It's funny. Uh, I stayed in a um, Airbnb. I got to look up this this band. Oh, I think I found it actually. I stayed in this house and in the Airbnb, it was really nice. And I noticed the kitchen was really nice. And I noticed that the like the the host of the place had was like, "Hey, you can drink anything you want in there. Make yourself at home. Use any of the ingredients." It was actually a very nice place. And uh, in the office, I went to do a little work one day, and I was writing, and there was an article about the woman. She's a chef. And in the article, it was like, you know, I'm from Canada originally, and my dad is kind of like a rock and roll star. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't recognize this guy's name at all. And the band was called 5440, which I think is like 5440 or Fight, which was, I don't know, an old old Revolutionary War call Uh or something like that. And... um, and I was like, I haven't heard of this person, but they wrote the song called I Go Blind, which was like a pretty big song. And Hoodie and the Blowfish covered it. And anybody that listens to Friends know, I think it was like in an episode of Friends. But so I went from being like, I have never heard of the band 5440 <laughs> to going, yeah, that guy's probably got some money from writing that song. It's a pretty good little song. I love that. I love it when you're just like, who the hell? Oh, hey. Yes, it happens a lot. And with Canada, it happens a lot. There was a guy, Tom Cochran, who wrote Life is a Highway that came yes, out in like 1990-something in the yep. States. That guy's huge up there. Is he really huge in huge. Canada? Huge up there. You know who else he's huge with? My children, because it's really? in the Cars soundtrack. Is the, so I've never seen the Cars trilogy. Is Cars about the fact that the world can just live with cars and not people are there people in the cars movies there are no human beings um there's a lot of questions about the cars universe i see uh for me (laughs) at least like how do they make babies and stuff like that Uh, makes you wonder it does make you wonder but um what's fascinating about the cars trilogy is that cars one is really good and cars three is really good and cars two is so insanely bad oh, it's cool. it's like it's it's fascinating it's like it's a totally different movie that they just trying to cram in and make everything cars it's so confusing fantastic um, Love to you hear know what it. why don't you tease us into a break scotty okay um an alcohol called sacred seltzer will bless your palate with alcoholic holy water <laughs> I'm excited to listen to this. I'm excited to dip into this uh, Ooh, next story uh, when we come you. back right here bless from this you. break. I'm bananas. Bananas. And we are back to the silliest little podcast there ever was. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. That's Kurt, Curdy B. Brownoller. Uh, Kurt, do we want to announce the Denver shows one more time? Denver, June 7th and 8th. 
at the mm-hmm. Comedy Works downtown and the one in the suburbs, guys. That's it's going right. to be a good show. Two separate shows, so you can go to both if you we are would love so to inclined. See you twice. Yes. And also, we finalized a date for our first annual Downhill 1K. That's right. The Splitty in the City for the LA Food Bank. It's going to be July 23rd, 2022. We will uh, meet. uh, We'll tell you where we're going to meet soon. We're going to meet at 4 p.m. It's going to be on the east side of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And then we will walk, exactly walk slash run, exactly one kilometer downhill. Mm Mm-hmm. To the Virgil, where we will then do a live podcast for anybody who participated in the walk. Come uh, dressed as a banana or banana related. Kids are welcome to do the run and the jog. Uh, but uh, once we get in the bar, I think it's going to be 21 plus for the actual recording. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything bananas, banana related, we will support it. If it has to do with a story we've done on the podcast, that's fine. This is a downhill 1K, you know, I'm calling it a true ultra marathon because it's for people who would never, ever, not once, ever run an actual road race. The Splitty in the City is for you. All proceeds will go to the LA Food Bank, which is a great cause. And uh, we'll be putting up a link uh, as soon as possible. Yes. Um, and if you if you do it, uh, I think it's going to be like twenty or twenty five bucks. Yep. To sign up, you'll get a race bib. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, that money will go to the LA Food Bank, and it'll make you eligible to watch the show as yep. well. It'll be your ticket. It'll be a ticket. So let's do it, folks. And also, before we move on, I would be remiss to say 5440 or fight was actually the presidential, uh, former president, James K. Polk. It was a campaign issue. It was to push the Brits to let us have all the land. Basically, we were stealing land. We wanted it all the way up to Alaska. So President Polk won the presidency in 1845. Kurt, isn't that so interesting? Had nothing to do with the Revolutionary War. All right. We are morons. I'm I've, ne- I've not heard of one part of that. So <laughs> James K. Polk, pretty good president. I guess I've heard of James K. Polk, and that's the only... Everything else was gibberish to me. Yep, and should be. Let's get into this story you got, Sketch. Oh, let me do a couple little oh. shout-outs here. We are getting so many shout-outs, guys. Some bananas, we just got to let you know. If the birthday is within a week, I don't think we can do it anymore. We're getting tons of people that are like, my birthday's tomorrow, or it's in three days. We pre-record bananas a couple weeks ahead of time, so it's always going to be belated. So either plan very far ahead or forgive us. It's just really hard to keep up with all of them. That being said, a happy birthday to Zena from Bethany and to Bethany 2, two strong Taurus energies, good friends, day one bananamal. Thanks for listening. Happy birthday to both of you. Paolo wants to shout out her husband, Dieter. They are Oklahoma City Bananimals, and he's a white boy who loves Mexican culture. And who isn't? We're <laughs> white boys. It. We're white boys that love Mexican culture. How can you not? How can you not? We love Mexican culture. Um, two more. This is a sad banana, but shout out to Celicia uh, Kurt. We lost a bananimal. Her great mother, Dolores, who went by Mama Low, passed away. She was a oh. bananimal. Laughed along with us. So thanks for sharing laughs with us, Celicia. And we wish you lightweight and blue skies and happiness soon. And thanks for the kind message. It was a very well-sent message. And finally, our very own Katie Levine. 
asked us yes. to do a shout out. In Los Angeles, California, right now, the LA animal shelters are extremely full. Sometimes they're putting two dogs in a crate, that sort of thing. They need adopters, and but also fosters. So if you want to foster a pet, it would be a huge, huge, huge help to the LA animal shelter system. You can go to laanimalservices.com for more info. It is kitten season, Kurt. So if you want a kitten, if you need a furry best friend, laanimalservices.com. Adopt, foster, get a new furry best friend. You know we love them. Name it Kurt. Yeah. Oh my God. Great name for a cat. Na- don't name it a cat, Kurt. That's a yeah. terrible name for a it's cat. A great My name. God. You know what? Look, I just learned that there's something called kitten season. It's I kitten season. Had <laughs> no idea <laughs> yeah. that kittens like to come out in a season. So yeah, yep. go get a kitten. Yeah. Go get a dog. Help alleviate the the problem that's happening in the in the pounds right now, folks. We support it. Thanks, Katie Levine. All right, back into it. This one was sent in by Kobe Masuka. <clears throat> Thank you, Kobe. Thank you, Kobe. HiSnobiety.com. Uh, <laughs> this was on HiSnobiety.com <laughs> by Morgan Smith. I looked it up on other websites, though. So there's a brand card called Mischief, M-S-C-H-F. That's the company. Mm-hmm. Mischief Alcoholic Sacred Seltzer will bless your palate with holy water. Here we go. Okay, okay, okay. After losing battles to sneaker behemoths like Vans and Nike, Mischief is still pumping with its wild ideas. The collective stays in high spirits for its 77th drop, blessing your palate with holy water on its side. Or that's pretty bad writing there, I gotta yeah, say. Uh, yeah, media mist in the biz. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what I said either. Blessings, holy water, hold tight. I'm getting there. For its latest drop, Mischief wants you to... Get crunk on Christ, as they said. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) With its holy water spiked seltzer beverage, appropriately named Sacred Seltzer. The Sacred Seltzer launches with a $24 six-pack today on Mischief's site. It comes in three flavors, cherry, mango, and lime, all of which consist of 5% alcohol and 95% priest-blessed holy water. That's so crazy. (laughs) You heard me. I used to have, like, in my... Uh, in my closet growing up, there would be just this Tupperware container. Me too. That was holy water. Yes, me too. From Lourdes <laughs> in France. Oh, for Ours, really? Yeah. Mine I was, I rub think, it just on like injuries. the local. You rub it on injuries? <laughs> I, I hurt my it. knee. I'd rub a little holy water on there. Hey, I, I'm jogging would, every day now. I remember drinking it just being like, well, what's it like? It must taste different. Nope. Just tastes like the Tupperware that it like was Tupperware. in. Like yeah, Tupperware. Yeah, it just tastes. <laughs> it was probably whatever bleeding plastic into, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, Yes, you heard me. Mischief wasn't playing games when it said its sacred seltzer was spiked holy water beverage. For Christ's sake, a real Catholic priest blessed the contents of uh, in compliance with the church's very real standard procedure. Wow, don't that is believe crazy. me. Mischief even has a video of the blessing which took place in Los Angeles County to prove it. Mischief lives for ruffling feathers of the conservative Christians of the world. You you get them, highsnobiety.com. <laughs> Christianity is obviously a potent cultural element in the world and therefore attractive for us to play with. These guys do sound like they're up to mischief, Kurt. My God. <laughs> 
If you couldn't tell that mischief enjoys poking a fun at religion in its past drops, I'm sure Sacred Seltzer is enough to confirm it for you. If not, there's always the Mischief Sacred Seltzer site, which allows you to tweet at Pope Francis, but it actually goes to mischief, and view VeggieTales' Bible Story Collection if you're under 21. I mean, that was one of the strangest articles we've ever had. Would I try drinking it? Sure. Oh, I will totally try drinking it. Also, it's funny that they're like, we're trying to poke fun by actually giving people holy water, by actually exactly what giving they people want. blessed holy water uh, that probably in the priest's eyes is like, well, it's going to do more good in heathens' bodies than it will for anyone else. That's right. If you catch fire as soon as you start drinking it, it was your time to go. When I was a little guy, when I was like four, I think, my dad was hanging Christmas lights on the tree out front, and my older sister told me to get in the box and jump up and down like a, um, a whatever, the jack-in-the-box, I guess. Uh-huh. And so I did, and then it started tipping over in the front yard, and I was going towards the front stairs, uh-huh. and I hit my forehead. I put my hands out to stop, but they were inside the box because I was so little, so I just went head first directly into the stairs and split my head open right across my forehead and started bleeding. My sister was so upset she vomited. And my dad, who's hanging Christmas lights, is like, oh, great. Now, you know, you're a parent. Now you're like, oh, now I get to deal with this. This one chore I didn't really want to do. Now I'm going to the hospital. So I don't remember much about it. I do remember the car ride. I do remember getting stitches. I Mm -hmm. remember the doctor. And they put a little, like, paper thing around my face, like kind of like how they put a cone on dogs after surgery. They kind of put one around my little childy face. And then they were cleaning the cut in the area, and they were spraying me with, like, water to clean uh-huh. me off and to disinfect or whatever. And I guess I said, excuse me, I've already had a shower today and, like, rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my first surgery, and I'm, like, already, like, mm-hmm, I'm sorry. I Doing already a took a shower. I'm four years old. I was previously a jack-in-the-box, and... <laughs> And I still have a scar. I still have a little scar on my head. I forget my sister. She is absolved. How much? How much older is your sister than you? Two years. Oh, so it's exactly like Gus and and I. Yeah, it's great. Having an older sister is the best thing that can happen to you. It's excellent. Oh, good. Highly recommend it. Oh, yeah, it's great. Gus is. He doesn't know how good he's got it yet. Yeah, well, no, he has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, excuse me, I'm ready to a shower today. I, if I was a doctor, I would just start stitching that mouth up real nice and easy. <laughs> Scram, kid. All right, you want one? Keep going. I'm having fun. Here we go. Flamingo that escaped from a zoo in Kansas is spotted <laughs> once again in Texas 17 years later. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I love this story. Also, I read that flamingos are among the dumbest animals in the world. What? Really? Yeah, that makes me it so happy. Oh, they I were, love that. <laughs> well, the way they stick their hunt underwater, like each shrimp, they're like, yeah. it's a terrible way to do it. <laughs> they're like, this is one dumb animal. <laughs> Anyways, great story. Also, I didn't never knew that that's how they get their coloring too. Pink, they're yeah. they're normally white birds, um, yep. but because of those shrimps that they eat, uh, there's like a red dye in them. Mm-hmm. So, and this one has not been eating any of those red shrimps because it is a white bird. Okay, here it is. Uh, this was sent in by many people, but uh, yes, I first lots. saw it from Anna Kalinowska. Oh, so, Anna, thank Anna. you. Love it. This is in the old Smithsonian Magazine, so you know it's fake news. Or real boring. 
Uh, this was written by Margaret Osborne. She is the best in the biz. Mm-hmm. Here it is. A Tanzanian flamingo that escaped from a zoo in Kansas in 2005 okay. was spotted again in Texas earlier this month. Mm. The flamingo, also called number 492 because it rolls off the tongue, sure. has been periodically seen over the past 17 years, but its last sighting in Texas occurred a year or two ago, reports awesome. the Associated Press. Quote, Looks like Pink Floyd has returned from the dark side of the moon. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> too easy and also too old. That's not even old for you and me. The Coastal Fisheries Division of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department wrote on Facebook showing a video of the flamingo towering over some seabirds. The department gave number 492 a nickname, Pink Floyd, reports the Kansas okay. City Star's Caitlin Alanis, ironically a Ch- Chilean flamingo by the same name, escaped hmm. a zoo in Utah in 1988. Heard People of it. Who interact with flamingos don't have much imagination. Number no. 492 came to the Sedgwick County Zoo in Wichita, Kansas in the early 2000s, along with 39 other flamingos from Tanzania. Mm. If the birds had arrived as newborns, the zoo would have surgically removed part of their wings to keep them from flying away, reported the New York Times. These flamingos arrived at three years old, and the zoo considered the amputation unethical for birds of that age. Instead, zoo staff usually clip adult flamingos' feathers. Once a year, a procedure that is similar to a haircut, said Scott Newland, the curator of birds at the zoo, to the Times. Yes, a haircut that robs you of the only freedom you have. (laughs) Oh, and why wouldn't it? In June 2005, two flamingos that had not yet had their feathers clipped escaped. Zoo officials tried to approach them, but the birds got spooked. On July 3rd, a storm rolled in, and the pair left Kansas. One flew north to Michigan and disappeared. Likely perishing over the winter, Newsland tells the Times. The other number, 492, went to Texas. My God, they just both bolted in opposite directions. <laughs> See ya. It's like, no, you're going north. You, now we're going south. One yep. person was right. And the following year's number, 492, was spotted in Louisiana, Wisconsin, and Texas. All wow. over the fucking place. Yeah. At one point, it even found a companion, a Caribbean flamingo that may have come to the U.S. from Mexico during Hurricanes Rita and Katrina, reported hmm. the Associated Press in 2007. Even though they're two different species, they are enough alike that they would have been more than happy to see each other. They're two lonely birds in a kind of a foreign habitat. They're not supposed to be there, so they have stayed together because there's a bond. Mm-hmm. Wow. The zoo has good. It- made any plans to catch number 492. Quote, there really isn't an easy way to recapture the bird. It would only disturb wildlife where it's been found and possibly could do more damage to the bird than just leaving him alone, uh, said zoo spokesperson Christian Balmer. Yeah. Uh, after concern from users on Facebook about invasive species. Oh, uh, boy. boy. here Bug. it is. Thanks, Texas. Boring. One, what, the one flamingo is going to invade and destroy everything. He's living his best life. Pink Floyd's having the time of his life down there. Quote, while this flamingo is not native to Texas, keep in mind that female flamingos can only produce about one egg a year. The department wrote, quote, invasive species are definitely a threat to our natural ecosystems. But we aren't really worried about this one, folks. Come on. I would say, as we all know, Bananas has taken a firm stance on invasive species. Yes, we don't we approve have. of them, but we really admire their go-get-it-ness. Yep. Uh, and this is, I'd say this is the best invasive species ever. Yeah, just a one solitary flamingo <laughs> hanging out in Texas, not bothering anybody. Sounds like he's not eating the shrimp. Sounds like a great thing. Whenever yeah. I hear 
flamingos, I just think of the uh, Alice in Wonderland when the queen uses a flamingo oh, yeah. to play croquet as a croquet. Like that is so stuck in my head from my yeah. childhood. It will never not go anywhere. And then also I talked about this probably two years ago, but I used to sponsor uh, softball teams, rec leagues in Reisterstown, yep. Maryland. And they, I was the furthest away. Everybody else is like, you know, a local dentist or a local plumber or whatever they are. And they were like, so I don't get to pick anything. They just tell me like, hey, it's under 12, under 10, under 8. Uh, your team colors are pink. You can pick a mascot. So I said I want to be the Fighting Flamingos. I had our buddy Edmund Hawkins make me a incredible logo for it. And then I asked all I asked the two women that were my contacts for the rec league, please ask for one team photo where all the players stand with one leg up like a flamingo. Yeah. And they never sent it to me. Ah! I still never seen it to this day. But come on. The, the uh, Reisterstown Fighting Flamingos they... with pink jerseys, so pink just hats, and once. one leg up. So you just did it once? I did it three years, but that was <sighs> the third year I did it. And then I guess it was before uh, the Great Quar because oh. I don't think they played that next season. Right. And then they haven't reached out again because maybe they were like, oh, weirdo pervert Hollywood man right. is one. But it's so funny. Who cares? With, that's right. They're just like, no, this seems weird. And it's just like, oh, come on. This it's is slightly weird. Funny. Well, they probably are just overworked is the real answer. Okay, here's one for you. Speed texting record broken at Cannes Lion Festival of Creativity. The Cannes Lions Festival of Creativity. This was in GuinnessWorldRecords.com. Uh, it's been so long, Curdy B. With this one I dug way back. This was either sent in by Rachel Swatman or written by the best in the business, <laughs> Rachel Swatman. Either way, favorite person in the world right now. Either way, banana of the week for Rachel Swatman, either a loyal listener or the writer of this article. Thousands of PR marketing and advertising professionals have descended to the French Riviera this week to take part in the Cannes or Con Lion Festival of Creativity. Guinness World Records is based on the cabana in the house of PR. I have no idea what I just said. Where, <laughs> where record breaking is taking place every day. And every on day. Tuesday, Rosie Baldwin successfully broke the record for fastest time to type the alphabet on a touchscreen mobile phone. Wow. Okay. What was it? Take a guess. What do you okay. think would be very fast? 26 letters. Two seconds. See, me too. That's funny you said that because like, the way you see teenagers and stuff text, you're like, I've seen people at baseball games on like Snapchat or whatever going so fast that I'm like, whoa. She spent two days practicing with the Guinness World Records coach and managed to make it to the top of the leaderboard. At the end of the day, she got a chance to do her official time. Rosie was, oh, this is actually nice. Rosie was worried her dyslexia might stop her from winning the record, but she managed the incredible time of 7.44 seconds. Wow, that's longer than I anticipated. I, I think so, too. And maybe we're just idiots, and that's incredible, but it's 0.16 seconds faster than what she needed to secure the title. So congratulations, Rosie. You're the true banana of the week. Uh, I knew I'd get it eventually, Rosie said, when she was presented with her certificate in front of a cheering crowd. Good wow. for you, Rosie. So 7.4 seconds. So people just get together for this time and then they just try and break world records all yeah, the day, Lions all day long. Festival of Creativity, I guess. Lions wow. Fest. And then the, Sounds kind of fun. Yeah, and then the Guinness officials are there on hand, ready to go. Ready I'm, to hand out those awards. I like that. 
Yep. I want I want to know what the weirdest one is that they did. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. that day. But uh, I guess we won't find out now. Yeah, we'll have to find out one day. You got one? I got right. so many. I got one. Good. I got uh, so many. Going back this deep, holy smokes, I forgot about all these stories. How Nissan creates its signature new car smell. Mm. Okay. Uh, this I found. Uh, this was uh, on CNN Business by Peter Valdez Dapina. Thank you, Peter. So good. Best in Some the biz. Say the best. People love that quote, new car smell. For most cars and SUVs, it's I a do. mixture of plastics, stain resistance fabrics, <laughs> and maybe some actual leather as well. True. It's a complex olfactory chorus of mm-hmm. odors that elicits an emotional response. At car companies like Nissan, there are professionals, part of whose job is to sniff carefully and ensure every new car has that unique car smell. Cool job. Um, blah, 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 blah. Here it is. But these difficult demands are why car makers employ people like Tori Keery. A materials engineer at Nissan's Technical Center in Farmington Hills, Michigan, she oversees a team of odor experts who carefully analyze the smells of everything that goes inside of vehicles like the Nissan Pathfinder, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Uh, I met her on the show floor of the New York Auto Show to talk about smells and put my own nose to the test. Yeah. Kiri was originally hired as a plastics materials engineer, but partly because plastics make up the majority of materials inside a non-luxury vehicle. Mm -hmm. She was soon given overall responsibility for the way (laughs) Nissan vehicles smell inside. Also, what are they implying that luxury vehicles are made out of like marble and mahogany driving around <laughs> all cars are all plastic and metal oh not for the luxury class we're driving around in alabaster <laughs> i think that there's it there might be more wood and leather in uh, that's a right. luxury vehicle that's right but really not that much yeah what are we talking about here? yeah just like a little piece here and a little bit all right, every time we launch a vehicle we have to test the odor of it she said as a new model is being developed, Kiri, and maybe it's Kirill, I don't know, and her team sniff test individual vehicle parts, oh such as steering wheels, seat cushions, and visors before they are put into the vehicle to make sure they have a pleasant or at least inoffensive odor. Then there is a photo, and I am going to post this photo. It is yes. simply a photo of this woman, Tori Kiri, or Kirill. Either I can't way. tell if it's an I or an L. We, who knows? Just it, the visor in a new Nissan car is down, and she's just <laughs> smelling it. <laughs> there isn't. She's not using oh, like man. some high tech thing to like nope. see how many mo- molecules of that chemical are in the air. She's just sniffing it. Just the old snoot, putting the old snoot up there. <laughs> um, even though this, I'm just going to jump around in this article because there's so As many weird you lines. Even though all the components in the car have, by that point, been pre-smelled before being installed in a prototype yeah. vehicle, there are still surprises. As with cooking, some smells that are just fine or even very nice on their own can come together to create a hellish funk. Or sometimes there was a smell that was somehow missed in an earlier sniffing. Then Kirill's team has to start investigating. She and the members of the team are all called certified smellers. Quote, I mean, parentheses, there is a training and certification that involves carefully administered smell identification tests. Wow. 
This is crazy. They begin their investigation in much the same way you would try to find a weird odor in your own car. They methodically sniff every inch of the inside of the car until they narrow down where the offending smell is coming from. Once they narrow down the odd odor, they begin the process of teasing out exactly what material or combination of materials is causing it. This is crazy. This is insane. These women, this woman should be working with Jensen and Holes. They should be solving (laughs) crimes with these snoots. Put these snoots to true crime greatness. Uh, often a surprising off smell in the fully assembled vehicle is due to a supplier having changed some aspect of how a part is made. Did I ever tell you that what, right? I got a, like the first car we ever leased was a Honda. The okay. day we got it, we parked it in the, uh, in the driveway and we woke up in the morning and it wouldn't start. And we had to like Weird. call the people in, you uh-huh. know, have it picked up. And we're like, we just got this. And what it was, was. They use a soy-based plastic for, like, some specific wiring in the car, uh-huh. and rats love to eat it. Just so instantly. literally, rats immediately ran up inside the engine block, ate this plastic that was made out of soy, yeah. and then the whole fucking car didn't work the day after we had gotten it. It was so crazy. That seems like somebody should have been sniffing those cables. Yeah, no kidding. And also, oh like, gosh. why? All right, whatever. Um... So he says he tried sniffing it himself, and he couldn't tell the difference. Uh, and it's apparently she's got a real great snooter. All right. Well, yeah, she's good at the old sniff sniff test. I I was at a when I first got my my little old car, my little BMW. I it had no speakers; they were all blown out. I had an old cassette player, so I went. Uh, I went up and I got a CD player in, and then I went back a couple months later to get speakers put in, and I go to this place in Glendale, and it's like the highest rated place on Yelp, but it's still it's still car people. Car people are so shady. So he's like, hey, go walk around the Galleria. I'll, I'll give you a call or text when we're done. Should be about an hour. So like 20 minutes later, I'm walking around, and he's like, Mr. Scott, already a bad sign. When people call me Mr. Scott, you're yeah. just fucked. Uh, Mr. Scott. Uh, whoever put this stereo in should be shot. And I go, oh boy. you did. And he goes, what? I go, you did three months ago. He goes, I did? I go, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's like a pause. There's like a nice long pause. So I'm just standing in the mall going, what? And he goes, all right, how about 20% off these speakers? And I go, okay. So then he just put them in. <laughs> but he was like, just gonna, he was gonna try to upsell me for like putting a new thing in and rewiring it. But yeah. Whoever did this to you should be shot. That's you did so it. crazy. What? Oh, I you did love it. that. Three months ago. It. All right. You want 20% off these speakers? <laughs> yes, I do. Also, they sound great. So he did a good job. Oh, my God. I, hate, I It is so weird. You know, like, it's just such a... The whole fact that you can't buy a new car mm-hmm. without going to a dealership is in insane yeah they're it's starting to get so around crazy. it i think i think that's are like carvana i think there are websites and stuff and i think there are things now where you just kind of pick a car online and they just bring it to you it's those are used cars they're all used cars oh i see yeah you're talking you can't, noobs. Yeah. you can't buy a new car if it's online if you go on cars.com and you find a new car you have to then go to the dealership the dealership will send it to you but you have to deal with the dealership well, it's how weird so is crazy. it that even in the age of streaming for Netflix and HBO and Amazon and all that, that we still have a pilot season and they still shoot things all summer and they still put new shows out on networks in the fall because that is when car companies used to advertise on television. 
Oh, that's the whole the new whole show reason. cycle of sitcoms on major networks was because cars release all their new models in the fall. So pilot season takes place in the late winter. Then they write and shoot all summer and they release it. And we still do that system on some networks because of car culture. That's I had no idea it was because of cars. That's why. Wow. That's why. Yeah. Wow. Pretty interesting, huh? And the reason that Los Angeles doesn't have a good public transportation system is because of fire uh, c- tire company. Tire companies, yeah. Firestone. The, yeah, thanks, Firestone. Isn't that crazy? Tire companies. It's just literally a little bit of a buck. And then the worst part is, and we'll, and we'll stop complaining about this, but there is a train. There's a, a train in, in Los Angeles that was supposed to go to the airport, and it stopped, and the, and the taxi fucking union... Uh, like paid, I know it. paid the city yes. off, and yes. now the train stops one mile before the yes. airport. True so story. then you have to take a cab that last mile to the airport. They're finally fixing it yes. for the fucking Olympics. Um, but that's so insane. The that's fucking the world tag- we live in. And it's like, uh, just for that. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uber, I'm fine. Uber came around and disrupted it just for that taxi union. We're Lyft boys. You know it. Um, also, when Bird Scooters came out, Kurt and I tried to get Bird to let us to scoot from San Francisco to L.A. as a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> they did not respond. They I've actually not. never had anybody never respond. Multiple We requests. kept tweeting at them over we and over We were tweeting at them. Over. I was emailing. I was like, I was doing everything I could to get to like whoever decides to do their like non-traditional marketing. I'm like, all we need is one van and a bunch of charged scooters, and we're going to go down the PCH on scooters from San Francisco, where your headquarters is, to Los Angeles, and just crickets. Crickets. Because they knew that if we were trying to scoot like eight hours a day, the reviews would just be scooting. <laughs> it's yes. awful. Yes, we would just have <laughs> We would have recitis. carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like missing teeth just from cracking going down. Also, I would still totally do it. I would do it. Okay, uh, my friend Sarah sent this one in. And so I went on and did a little research. And the product I'm going to talk about, you can get it on eBay. Some for $30, some for over $300 still in the box. Okay. This was... Um, Maybe also sent in by J. Frank Wilson. Uh, here it is. Controversial Nimbus 2000. Okay. 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 The controversial Nimbus 2000 vibrating Harry Potter broomstick has parents in an uproar. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, uh, a little, a little, <laughs> uh, huh? a little is it broomstick, an broomstick vibrator. <laughs> yes, exactly. So thanks for sending this in, Sarah. Is this an innocent broomstick or a secret Harry Potter sex toy? Read the Amazon Nimbus 2000 reviews from Angry Parents and then decide for yourself. Oh, I love so this, this came out a little while ago. As part of their licensing agreement with the Harry Potter franchise, Mattel, a real toy company, produced mm-hmm. a series of Harry Potter-related products, including a Nimbus 2000 broomstick toy. Oh. If you're unfamiliar with the Nimbus 2000, it's the flying broomstick that was given to Harry Potter by Professor Minerva. Um, or I guess it's McGonagall. Sure, Minerva McGonagall. I'm sure all our, our Potter heads are just screaming at the dashboard right now. After uh, he earned a spot, oh, Harry, after he earned a spot on the Gryffindor Quidditch team. The Nimbus 2000 plays an important role in Harry Potter series, and the broomstick toy was very popular. 
but there was something behind the strong sales of <laughs> demand for this toy, more than just Harry Potter fandom. While walking down New York City's 8th Avenue, I noticed a sex shop in the Times Square area was selling the Harry Potter Nimbus 2000 <laughs> broomstick for $40, which at the time was double the online retail price. The toy was prominently placed in the window of the store under a sign that read Adult Toys. So, uh-huh. at first I thought it was a Harry Potter knockoff product, so I double-checked yeah. the spelling and imagery on the box. I was expecting that instead of Harry Potter, it might say something like Henry Potter, but yeah. it was real, and everything checked out. I then read the Nimbus 2000 Amazon reviews from Angry Parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Um, this is from actual customers. Amazon reviewer. I'll keep them all anonymous. I recently bought the Nimbus 2000 toy for my son. He's a huge Harry Potter fan. Seen the movie 32 times in theaters and even made made the paper. Don't know what that means, but I'm sure somebody does. This toy gives him the ability to fly around the house zapping things. The only problem I see with this Harry Potter broomstick is the batteries drain too fast and his sisters fight him over it, so now I need to buy another one. Okay. (laughs) That's from Maine. Keep the batteries out, says this reviewer. (laughs) (laughs) A toy enthusiast from New Jersey, this toy was number one on my kids' Christmas list. So what the heck? Although it has no educational value, I figured it'd be good for imaginative play. It wasn't until my daughter opened the gift and started playing with it that I realized this toy may offer more of a sensational experience. All these parents just lose their minds. So... Method Shop sent a note to Amazon asking for comment, and they stopped selling the Nimbus 2000 they Harry did. Potter. Yeah, they stopped selling them. Why would it vibrate to begin with? And you straddle it, and it yeah. vibrates. It's a child. I mean, I guess it's to. Re- I mean, if it made sound effects, I kind of understand sure. it. But it- yes, it's it. This seems. <laughs> bad from <laughs> it's top seemed, to bottom it's top to bottom <laughs> kids are putting it between their legs yes. and it's vibrating that's insane like there's no the reason for people. when you think of the experience of yes. flying on a broomstick you're not like well it's a quite a bumpy ride no yes. it should be smooth as wind yes it is so funny so all the reviews and I edited out a lot of reviews were uh, pulled from Amazon's page for the Harry Potter Nimbus 2000 broomstick before it was removed and censored good thing we had the forethought to make an archive of the original page unbelievable uh-huh. so funny they're selling it in sex stores and yes if you this if you're an adult and this piques your interest you can find these things on ebay happy quidditching over there yeah happy quidditching to all folks and that is another episode of bananas thank you so much scotty thank you curdy b and thank you for everybody sending in these wonderful stories we can't wait to hang out with you in Denver. We got to sell out that Asbury Park homecoming show for Curdy B. That's the one we're looking at. And Bell House, July 17th. And of course, come see me June 3rd and 4th, folks, in Chicago at the Dan. You're the best, Bananimals. Thank you to our benevolent overlords, to Katie Levine, to real human intern Lisa Magid, Travis Miller, who does our art, and Kay Han, who does our music, and to all the Bananimals. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. 
The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcast. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.